Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Final hour of the program here on a Friday. And uh, the phone numbers, as always, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Um, and uh, after a national search, an exhaustive nationwide search, Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools has once again hired a person from within Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools uh, with no previous experience at running a large school district, except uh, for the experience that she has so far uh, attained as our interim. Uh, what could go wrong? Crystal Hill uh, hired or named, I should say, as the new superintendent. Um, if I remember correctly, born in Billings, Montana, to cattle ranchers, prides herself as a cook, her frito pie, wolf brand chili, apple brown Betty. Uh, she stole Randy Travis's song, I believe. She has very large feet. Worked as a substitute teacher, Spanish teacher, I believe. Wrote a column about musings or something. Do I have the right hill? I think I got the right hill. Brett Jensen. <laughs> Sorry. That's probably the worst intro I've given anybody. But uh, Brett Jensen from WBT News, also the host of Breaking with Brett Jensen here on WBT. I don't think that's the right hill. I think that's uh, yeah, a different hill. Yeah. yeah. We grew up in Billings, Montana. There's Peggy Hill, actually. Oh, uh, okay. Peggy hey, Hill is go. the one I was describing. Is that Hank Hill's wife? It was. Bobby's mom uh, as well. There you go. Uh, yeah, tons more of information here I have on Peggy Hill, but that's not going to help me out now. Crystal Hill, she, uh, but she was local, right? She came to Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools from a local district. Cabarrus. Cabarrus County. And she, I how, think before that, I think Rowan before that. Okay, so she... She's got local roots. I guess that's I mean, that's a good thing. Got her doctorate, I think, at Gardner-Webb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Went so to NCA&T. She's been the superintendent for how long now? Since Interim. Technically since June 1st, like realistically since the middle of December. So what I'm hearing is that she has more experience than Ernest Winston did when he got the gig. Um, I'd Was he an interim math. also? Yeah, he was interim oh. for a couple of months. Nah, made, and, then, and then they made him... Full-time. Okay. Yeah. They named him interim, and then he got the job full-time. All right. Was she a reporter before? No. No. No, oh. no. And she didn't teach journalism class for right. a year and a half. Okay. So she may not be qualified. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So uh, that was one of the knocks on her, right, that she doesn't have the experience of running a large district outside of being the interim. Or even working in a large district, except when she came here last May, because right. she had worked at Cabarrus County Schools, which has, I think, 32,000 students, and Charlotte has 141,000. And before that, you know, I think I think it was Rowan County, if I'm not mistaken, before that. So not districts with a lot of – so she's not used to this size. She's been here for a year. Mm-hmm. She was put in charge of Title IX when she came here. She which was, is? The, which is Title IX. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the guaranteed, in theory, guaranteed safety and protection of – Girls, but also boys, mm-hmm. of the students. And um, it's basically what it boils down to in a nutshell. And it has gone horribly wrong in the last year. Well, I mean, it's not like the feds came in 
Oh, okay. Actually, they they are. But right, this came from. Uh, so walk us back just briefly. Yeah. The Title IX issues arose out of the allegations of assaults, right? Yes. Yes. Numerous, and you know the allegations of a girl filed a sexual complaint, assault complaint, and this principal and assistant principal said, "Yeah, you're suspended," and then immediately went or like the next day, Seamus was like, "Oh no, no, our bad, our bad. You're not suspended. Our bad." And then the other, all the Myers Park situations going on, yeah. the five-year-old on the school bus that Queen City News first broke. And so all that stuff, and there's a lot of other things going on, other things going on now at Turning Point, and I think there's stuff going on at Palisades. And this is just the stuff that you know of. Right. And you can guarantee that there are way more things then because this stuff, because, and it's one of the things that people um, never... I, I, a lot of people don't understand how difficult it is to do stories about the school district or any school district because so much of this stuff is protected information. They can't even tell you if there is something going on with a particular student or at a school, or whatever. It's it's only when you can get actual evidence and and drag them to the story that you can get something. Yeah, and parents on the record. Right. You know, that that's that's how they found out about the five year old girl on the school bus. That's right. how they found out about the girl um at Hawthorne Academy who was suspended, you know, for I don't know, eight hours or whatever mm-hmm. it was. So So she fixed all that stuff. Oh wait, no. She didn't fix that stuff, and so now we've got the feds coming. Yes. Which I'm not sure which is worse. <laughs> really? Well, like I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not Considering what we've seen out of the feds recently, I'm not sure this is going to go well either. But we shall see. So, the, but you know, it all goes back to the lack of experience, and 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 I said this for a long time, and, and for the last two, three, four weeks after I found out that she was, had applied for the job, because she wouldn't say that. Nobody was saying that publicly, but you know, I reported that a few weeks ago, and and everyone's asking me about it. And my stock answer is this: she will. Always be compared to Ernest Winston. Mm-hmm. Both were chief of staffs, then interim superintendents, and then superintendents with never having been a superintendent. And in Crystal's case, only having been at a large district for exactly one year. Mm-hmm. And I said, she's going to be compared to Ernest, and that's why people are gun shy. That's why they did a national search firm. With Ernest, they didn't even do that. They just promoted him. What did, do you know what we spent on that search? I think it's a hundred, hundred k. I think so. Yeah, well spent. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if anything, just a hundred thousand dollars just for peace of mind to know that the top candidate in America was already on the payroll. What are the odds of that happening? Yeah, I think it was. A, I knew I knew it was going to be sixty k, and then they said, "No, we've got to go to a better firm and upped it." And I want to say, right around a hundred. That's the number I think I heard as well. Yeah. So here's another comparison. Crystal Hill, because I get the comparisons, the easy, like there are a lot of the similarities Mm -hmm. with with Ernest Winston. Here's another one. Blast from the past. Jim Pusley. You remember that name? Jim Pusley was, how about Eric Smith? You remember that name? Okay. Eric Smith, uh, he came in, this would have been uh, early 2000s, and uh, he was in charge when all of the, the, the busing stuff was going on. And they started in with, and they they went to court, and they had to start doing the different uh, plans and stuff. Well, when Smith left and went up to Anne Arundel schools, very wealthy, you know, Maryland suburbs, he goes up there. The guy that had always been his number two was a guy named Jim Pusley. 
and he was a black guy. And the school board, Vilma Leak, George Dunlap, they oh yeah, uh, Arthur Griffin, Wilhelmina Rember, they wanted Pusley to be the guy because they wanted the school district to have a black superintendent. But Pusley was always the number two, had never been the number one. He was always Smith's number two. Pusley did not, he did not have a very good uh, bedside manner, shall we say. He was sort of a hatchet guy. Um, so there were problems. So I wonder if there's going to be, so she's got some experience, so did Pusley, but never running the show. But at least she's run the show for a, a year. No. Interimly. No. Interimly. Since January. In, okay, so for five months. Oh. All right, well. There's not a lot of difference there. Okay. <laughs> so you got so you got that. You got the Title IX. You got the uh, lack of experience. And you have the overtime issue, right? Yeah, um, considering her husband. Right. Uh, I believe we talked about this a, a little while ago. Um, this overtime issue. So, they, so despite those factors, still the best candidate in America just happens to be on our payroll already. That's awesome. Um, so she's going to uh, hit the ground running, although she doesn't seem to have all of the support that you would think one would get at being the best candidate in America and across the fruited plain. Three of these uh, school board members voted against her, one of whom was the committee person. Yes, yeah, summer nine. She, you know, new school board, uh, school new school board member replaced Sean Strain in that district uh, down in South Charlotte in the Ballantine area. And she was in charge of the search committee because she's got a corporate background and she's been used to this. So they put her in charge of the search committee and she came out today, said, no, not my choice. And then you hear, and then you see Jennifer De La Hara come out and said, not my choice. I mean, they didn't say it like verbally. They mm-hmm. just did it with their show of hands. Nay. And then Lisa Klein was the other one. And I was trying to think, see, Pete, I mean, you have to understand my knowledge of CMS goes back to about 2018, 2019. Okay. So anything that happened before that, I have no idea about it, really. They don't either. Yeah. Right. And so, <laughs> so, but I was talking to people afterwards, people have been around for a long time, and I asked, and maybe you can, like, you know, weigh in on this. I had never heard or seen a superintendent, at least publicly, get a unanimous vote. Cause I was asking around. It's like, I said, cause I said, do, has this ever happened before? And I was going, I've never heard of that. I've not. Cause they might do it privately in the right. closed session, but publicly they vote unanimous just because a show of unity. Right. You want to sing vote to be unanimous. So they are, they're positioned for success that the board is behind you. Yeah. And that, that's a very, that's very odd. So these, these three people though, uh, Summer Nunn yep. and Jennifer yep. De La Hara and Lisa Klein. Um, are their politics similar? Oh, God, they, could not be, they could not be more different. Right. Are either the other two, De La Hara or Klein, were they on the search committee? Uh, no, well, well no, uh, no, None, they were not. It was they just, were not. Yeah, as far as I know, I don't think they were. I don't think they were. I could, I don't think so. No, actually, I know they weren't. Okay. I know they weren't. Yeah. So they're going to be doing a press conference. At three o'clock with Crystal Hill, um, because right now she is doing interviews with two media outlets that was handpicked by the school board to talk to her. By the school board? Yeah. But the school board communications department. Yeah. Not CMS, but the actual school board people. All right. So, okay. Now, all right. Now I'm intrigued. Can you stick around for another Sure. Second? Absolutely. All right. All right. Because right. now I'm intrigued. 
Because this means something. Because no, that doesn't happen. Not with a school uh, new superintendent. That doesn't happen. All right. More with Brett Jensen in a moment. News Talk 1110 and uh, 99.3 WBT. Meet the new super. Same as the interim super. Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. In studio with me, Brett Jensen from the WBT Newsroom and also his own program at uh, 7 o'clock right here on WBT. Weeknights breaking with Brett Jensen. And uh, you were at the big announcement Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools did earlier today where they uh, well they had their meeting and they announced that they were hiring the interim superintendent to be the permanent superintendent, Crystal Hill. Can I ask you a question yeah, real sure. quick? Yeah. Don't mean to interrupt, but people were asking me this and people were dumbfounded. Yes, I am taller in person. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So the meeting, they get there, they start the meeting at like 12.01, whatever it is, and they immediately call to go into closed session for Mm -hmm. 30 minutes. Everyone could have asking, why are they going to closed session? Do you know why they like boards like that? Because they did it with Ernest on the day they fired him. They already knew what was going to happen. Why do they go in closed session? What's the person? So it's all under the heading of personnel. Right. So they they go in there in order to take the votes and probably try to persuade the three no's to vote yes when they come out in public. Okay, but that's the thing about the closed sessions and why you always want some gadfly. You always want at least one person on a board that's going to go against the grain. This is why I hate boards that are completely all Republican or all Democrat. You got to have one that is going to be willing to come out and even just tell you on the down low, like we did some stuff in there that's illegal. Because that's sometimes what they use it for. They'll say personnel matters, right? Probably to persuade them, or maybe to sign the contracts. Yeah, you know. But you can FOIA those things too. So, yeah, I yeah. Well, we were people were just wondering. I was like, I, said, I couldn't tell you. No, I, so, yeah. I, said, I said they did the same thing on the day they fired Ernest. They called the meeting, went into closed session, came back and fired Ernest. Right, and that's they, they probably have legal in there, yeah. And they're probably going over like separation papers with that in that right. scenario. I would expect. Um, so maybe it's the signing of the contracts, well, or did, maybe it's just trying to convince the three holdouts. Yeah, it could be. Like I didn't, didn't mean to torpedo. I was just yeah. curious. No, no, it's fine. So, uh, all right. So before the break, you mentioned that um, the the school board mm-hmm. seemed to have led this operation, and so the school one of the people that got hired on years ago and is still there is Charles Jeter. He's a former state lawmaker, former town, I think, councilman out of Huntersville or something. And I remember him when he first got into the legislature and then went to work over at Charlotte-Mecklenburg Schools. And he's still there. And he is a lobbyist for CMS, I believe. But he is also, what he also does, what, board services or something? Yeah. And he seemed to be the one that was running the comms today, correct? Yeah, and he's generally the one that does run run the comms. For the board. For the board, okay. yes. Yeah, like if... Uh... If I wanted to talk to a school board member, mm-hmm. not the superintendent, because superintendent is part of CMS and the school board is completely separate and individualistic. If I wanted to talk to a board member for a sit down, usually I would just go to the board. But sometimes you can go through Jeter and say, hey, can you set this up for me with at least Eshu? You don't even you board. don't go. Th- you don't go through it. Right. I was going to say, like, that's 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 what you do when you're new to the beat. And then you then you get the relationships and then you're like, I don't need you anymore. I'm going to talk directly not. to the lawmaker. Or the, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't do that. Okay. So but if there's something like questions or policies that I was like, or I don't understand this, what explain this to me, explain that to me. It's Jeter. But yet Jeter generally before stuff like today. Yeah, he, he he's the one that is talking to the media. Yeah. Well, he's the one I asked for the Ibram yeah. X. Kendi video. And he was yep. like, oh, you can't use this. Whatever. I was like, go ahead, stop me. Like, right. you, it's public record. Sorry. I, yeah. And I used it. Anyway, um, 
It's so all right. So what what this rate this question is raised now in my mind is that you have you have a separate process. You've got separate channels occurring, and the fact that the board is running heard on what happened today, and it's not being run through CMS comms. That tells me that the same criticism that was that was lobbed against Ernest Winston that he is a puppet of the board. It seems like this is the same scenario. They are setting her up to be criticized in the exact same way because it kind of sort of looks like it's the same scenario. Yeah, you know, because, yeah, so they've set up some interviews with her today. Uh, they were handpicked, uh, handpicked media outlets. Well, for probably Crystal people today. covering the beat. Oh, the, no. The education. No. Uh, oh, well, well one, 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 one does. But not, well, not, not the other. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so. Well, it's best to have someone who doesn't know the beat. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. To ask the questions. So, yeah. but, but, you know, and that was the big thing with Ernest. You know, there were basically three reasons why Ernest was picked as superintendent. He was African American. Mm-hmm. He was already in house because mm-hmm. they didn't want to go external because they didn't even hire a search firm. And they truly thought that they could control him and l- tell him what to do. And he would abide by that because he had just doubled his salary. Mm-hmm. And it was such an abject failure because he couldn't handle what they wanted him to do. He had no experience. He didn't know what he was doing. Right. And yeah. so that right there is the concern about Kristen. Now, I will say this. Nothing against Ernest. I mean, he's just one of us. But she has infinitely more intelligent because, I mean, she's got her doctorate. She's got her master's. Yeah, yeah. Ernest didn't have any of that. When you sit down and talk to right. Crystal, he you can tell she's guy. a highly educated person. Right, yeah. I mean, he was a media guy. Come on. Right, like, right. What, he was what, one what of us. Yeah, right, he was, <laughs> a, he was a reporter for The Observer, for God's sakes. <laughs> All right. Brett Jensen, are you doing some of this, I'm guessing, yeah, tonight so probably? We, yeah, we got the press conference starting at 3 o'clock with, uh, with Dr. Crystal Hill and one, maybe two school board members. We'll see how many actually show up. How many does Jeter let in? And then we got, so we'll be playing a lot of that audio tonight on my show, and there's a lot of truth in that statement. Okay. (laughs) Brett Jensen, I'm trying not to get him in trouble. All right. Uh, Brett Jensen, listen to him here uh, and uh, for the news updates from the newsroom, but also breaking with Brett Jensen, 7 o'clock. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, bud. All right. All right. Now, you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouches, military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouches is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouches. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. News Talk 1110 993 WBT. Uh 704-570-1110. Uh let me get to actually Yeah, let me get to another story here because I've been watching this thing develop. I covered it a couple of months back. And really haven't done much since, but it has now it has now resurfaced. And it is Disney. And the fight going on down in Florida. Look, I am no Disney head, but Disney file, Dis- whatever. I not a big Disney person. Um The Walt Disney Company, though, just announced that it was canceling its plan. To build a $1 billion installation in Florida amid an ongoing 
legal and political fight with Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. The project was known as the Lake Nona Town Center. It included plans to build office space for the company near Orlando, Florida, and it would have created upwards of 2,000 jobs with an average salary of $120,000 per year, according to the state's Department of Economic Opportunity. Okay. First off, this is a story from the Daily Caller. The, the 2,000 jobs that it was, quote, creating in the state were actually job transfers from California. So they weren't, this wasn't, uh, these weren't jobs that Floridians were going to necessarily take. I mean, maybe there were some people in California that would not move. And by the way, the people in California did not want to move to Florida. Um, they wanted to stay in California, right? The socialist utopia that they were trying to create. They want to stay there. These are well-paid, creative types. And so they did not want to go to, you know, Florida, a.k.a. Talibanistan. So they uh, they were probably not all going to come. And so, yes, there could have been some Florida people hired. But the idea was to transfer the whole operation from California, which is actually kind of hilarious that Governor Gavin Newsom got onto the Twitter machine and started spiking the ball about how, they, they stole these jobs away from Florida because of Florida's, you know, draconian, Taliban-istanic kind of uh, laws against the, the gays and the don't say gay and the anti-trans and all of this. Like, dude, you lost those jobs, though. Right? You were losing the jobs. I don't think you get to claim, like, of all the people to spike the football on this, I don't think the state that lost the jobs in the first place is the one that gets to do that, right? That's the first thing. Now, the second thing, everybody wants to make this about Ron DeSantis because uh, apparently when people who love Donald Trump and Trump himself, uh, when when they see this announcement, they just can't help themselves uh, but to sign on to corporatism, right, to sign on with the mouse here, with Disney. I mean, after all, they signed on with Bud Light. Why wouldn't they sign on with uh, Disney in this scenario? But because remember, Disney went up against Ron DeSantis and DeSantis looked to get rid of their special, uh, their benefits, their designation. They basically run their own government inside Florida, right? And DeSantis says that's corporatism. No, you don't get to do that anymore, particularly if you are now going to engage in politics and you're going to be uh, attacking the legislature over laws that protect kids under the Parents' Bill of Rights, protect kids from showing them pornographic images and talking to them about sex in grades K through three. And Disney objected to that. Okay, groomers. Well, then you lose your tax status. You want to engage in politics while running your own little government inside of our borders. We're going to have something to say about that too, right? You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And so because, you know, Trump views DeSantis as a threat, I've seen some, that refer to him as the front runner, as DeSantis, as the front runner. Oh, no, my gosh, it angers Trump world. But you've got Trump now siding with Disney on this. But here's the thing. This deal was done under the last Disney CEO, a guy by the name of Bob Chapek or Chapek or Chapek. Anyway, that guy, he's out. He made a whole bunch of bad decisions, put Disney in, in, uh, in a bad position, They fired him, and they got the old CEO, Bob Iger, got him back. But he's on a clock. 
He's on a clock. He's got to get some stuff done. And by stuff, I mean cuts, savings, right? He's got to come up with a big turnaround plan. He announced in February that the company is going to be reducing costs by $5.5 billion because it's trying to make its streaming TV business profitable. And that's been difficult. Not only... Not only are they canceling this project in Florida, this move, that would cost them a billion dollars to build this new campus. You know what else they're getting rid of? Star Wars Galactic Star Cruise, which is kind of like a cruise, but you don't go anywhere, which is kind of, I think, beside the whole point of a cruise. Disney is shuttering its immersive Star Wars-themed luxury hotel in late September, less than two years after its opening. This was done under the last guy, right? This was one of his ideas. This Star Wars Galactic Star Cruise, it was a two-night hotel stay. You and, and for two nights, okay, you go to Orlando and you stay in, you know, Walt, Walt Disney World. And for there's 100 rooms on in this hotel. And uh, people complained about the prices <laughs> that it cost them to stay in one of the 100-room uh, hotels. Or, yeah, one hotel. Um, the average nightly cost per person. Average nightly cost per person. $1,200 per night. Per night. So that means if you and your spouse were to go on your, you know, Star Wars geek out kind of uh, uh, vacation for two nights, it would cost you almost $5,000. And you don't even go anywhere. It's just the hotel room. You got, at a party of four, you got two kids, really love Star Wars. Hey, let's go on our two-night adventure where we don't go anywhere, just the hotel room. $6,000. Two-day vacation package contained a day trip to the Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah, but you can go. So you could just go to this event or go to the exhibit, right? Disney announced the hotel in 2019. They spent $2 billion to build this thing in Florida and in California. It failed so spectacularly. They are now closing it down because they're trying to save money because Bob Iger's got to turn this thing around. And he's got, I think, about a year and a half to do so. So everybody wants to pin this decision to scrap the move from California to Florida. They want to pin this thing on Ron DeSantis and the fight over Reedy Creek and the government uh, tax breaks and all that that Disney has. I think it's more about their business plan. I think it's more about Iger trying to, to right the ship. But, you know, when, when you can get Disney, uh, Trump World... Uh, and um, and the Never Trumpers all on one team against Ron DeSantis. It is something to behold. It really is. Oh, hey, real quick. Before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, 
canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, News Talk 1110-993 WBT. A couple more minutes here. Pete Callender, Pete Callender Show. At Pete Callender on Twitter. Yes, I do. I am active on the Twitter machine over the weekend. So uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Pete Callender. And remember, get the podcast, thepetecallendershow.com, and on all of the podcasting platforms, and at WBT.com. A uh, couple of things real quick. Justice Morgan, Mike Morgan. Michael Morgan's not going to run for re-election on the North Carolina Supreme Court. Uh, he announced that. Uh, that means uh, the one state Supreme Court election is going to be an open race in 2024. He is a Democrat. Republicans have a 5-2 majority on the court. Um, and they could extend that to 6-1. to one. If the Democrats are able to pick it up, they would just hold at 5-2. to two. Uh, So there's that. Um And, oh, what else here? Taco Bell is trying to uh, liberate Taco Tuesday. The trademark, at least. Oh, my gosh, wait a minute. I just said it. I just said Taco Tuesday. Oh, dang it. I said it again. Is this like, hey, you can't say the Super Bowl, so you got to say the big game? I had no idea. Did you know that this is a trademark? It's trademarked. Taco Tuesday. From Taco John's. It's been their trademark for 34 years. Taco Bell seeks to change that. And apparently, in the world of marketing, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but in the world of marketing, if you uh, create a product or service that becomes iconic, that becomes part of the language, then you could lose your trademark. Isn't that nuts? It's true. Two six-packs of shiner. 99 cent butane lighter Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron Ice down that igloo cooler Take a gas at all to do her I can feel a good one coming on Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother Any blues I had before are gone the working week is over No chance of staying sober I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party rocking Till the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, it's true. They filed a, a lawsuit they want Taco Tuesday, which, by the way, started as Taco Tuesday, T-W-O. Mm-hmm. Then changed. They're trying to get it released for us. In a ragtop Mustang, followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight, situation couldn't be more right. I can feel a good one coming on. Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party rocking Till the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel 
Taco John's released a statement saying, Taco John's would like to thank our worthy competitors at Taco Bell for reminding everyone that Taco Tuesday is best celebrated at Taco John's, the trademark owner of Taco Tuesday. Here's the thing. You create an iconic brand. It becomes part of the language. Then you could lose your trademark on it. Don't worry. Don't worry. The Pete Callender Show is safe. For now. All right. I'll see you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. We're going to get the feeling right.